Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How's everybody doing? Are we good? Y'all don't want to see me dance. Y'all don't want to see me dance. You couldn't handle it. It's too hot for you right now. Um, uh, can we put our hands together and welcome everyone watching online? Uh, let them know we're glad to have them. A sub 30 family all over the nation. And hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and get your Bible out tonight. Uh, we got a special guest in the house tonight wrapping up our Sundays. Come on, RIP Sunday. Rest in peace, Sundays. It was a good run. We're going back to Wednesdays, though. So uh, anybody excited, though, about Wednesday? For real, Wednesday, uh, coming up September the 7th. And uh, hey, that was, uh, that was this coming Wednesday with the riot night with Chad Veach. That's this Wednesday uh, coming. And so uh, come out uh, for that. It's gonna be awesome. Chad always brings just a great word. Um, but to wrap up Sundays for Sub 30, man, we have a special guest in the house tonight. Uh, he's one of our uh, lead senior pastors uh, here um, at the church, Pastor Jason Bolin. And uh, if, you come to sub, uh, if you come to celebration um, on Sundays, you've seen Pastor Jason preach multiple times. In fact, his wife, Sarah, is here. She leads sisterhood here at Celebration, and, uh, and their kids are here as well. The whole family, it was a family outing tonight. We're gonna get pizza afterward and everything, and so it's great. Um, but Pastor Jason is, uh, he, he's the guy who I kind of ro- go to on staff. He, he's like above me, and, uh, and so I love Pastor Jason so much, man. He is a sounding board for moments of frustration uh, for me, uh, but even more than that, man, he's just an amazing leader, full of wisdom. Uh, he has pastored many, many years. Uh, they lived up in the Atlanta area for a long time, pastoring some really great people at an awesome church up there. And they've been with us now at Celebration for several years, and he's gonna bring a great word to us tonight. So in typical Sub 30 fashion, man, we gotta stand to our feet. We gotta honor the man who's bringing the word of God. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Jason Bolin. And Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons fan, also Atlanta Falcons, they're having a great preseason, which means they won't win any real games, so... I think we play you guys this week, right? It's preseason. Jags. I guess you guys aren't Jags fans. I'll take all the Atlanta Jags talk back to the pulpit. I mean, it's so good to be here. So good to be here with you tonight. Man, I've, I've, I've been here many times as sub-30, not as a sub-30, but as a part of thir- sub-30. And it's great to get to speak here tonight. In fact, it was on my bucket list to speak at sub 30 while I was still sub 40. (laughs) And I turned 40 in two weeks, so I hit it. (laughs) Pastor Clay makes all of your wildest dreams come true. Put your hands together for Pastor Clay. Yeah, but it is an awesome honor to be here tonight to speak to you. What I hope to do is not to entertain you. You're gonna hear a lot of better just gut-level communicators, but I don't know how often you're gonna hear from, from a guy my age that has been through some of the journey and some of the things that I've been able to be through and make it here on the other side. And so I believe that what the perspective that I bring to you tonight is one of genuineness and authenticity, and it is one that can validate and stamp that God's word is true and accurate that when he says that he will be there with you in the storm and he will be there with you in the flood, he will be with you in the storm and in the flood. 
When he says that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you, he will not turn his back on you for one single moment. You might run from him, you might disown him, you might look away from him, but he never looks away from you. And I speak that to you tonight out of a, out of a, a knowing, because I've done all of the above. I've looked to him, I've turned from him, I've, I've, I've tried to do it other ways than his way, but he's always there for me every time I go back to him saying, you know what, there is a better way, and it's my way, so let's do my thing tonight. Let's look at Jesus' way tonight. You can go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, we're gonna look at a, what is right after a parable, right after a parable, excuse me, Jesus had just taught many parables to the to the, all these people, these large multitudes of people who followed him and listened to him. And then on the other side of this story we're gonna read tonight, he he's performs many miracles, so we kinda get a sandwich. We kinda get an in-between. What you do in life when, when you hear, hear these parables and teachings and have all this, this theoretical, practical hope, and then you're, what, how do you, how, what do you do in the meantime until you start seeing this stuff happen, the miracles and supernatural work happen? And it is a perfect story that this kind of the, the peanut butter and jelly in between the, the two pieces of bread, the, the, the top, I mean, the, right in the middle of it, there's this incredible picture that we have. This incredible picture we have, Mark chapter four, verse 35. But before we read it, why don't we put our hands together for Pastor Clay, for his leadership, for allowing this thing to make transitions and be strong next week, or not next week, but the week after, right? We're gonna be meeting on Wednesday night. Anybody ready for Wednesday night? All right, all right. And I always like to honor our, our senior pastors, Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry Weems, who have given him and, and me and all of the staff, all of us, a place to come together and worship and find Jesus, because I know so many of us, our lives have been changed by Jesus right here at Celebration Church. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Late that day, and I'm reading from the message translation. You'll see it up on the screen. You, you, you may not have the message with you. Go, go to it if you're, if you're digital. But if not, just check it out on the screens. I love the way that it reads, so I wanted to read it to you tonight. Late that day, and that means it's in the evening, it's, a, it's getting darker, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. To his disciples, he said this. They took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came along. A huge storm came up. Don't you like how he just kind of abrupt? Abruptly, so here we are, we're hopping in the boat, some other boats are following along with us. This massive, gonna kill a storm approaches very quickly, just nonchalant. There's a storm that's coming up, it's gonna, and waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it, and Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down and said to the sea, quiet. Settle down, and the wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? They were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. Wow, what an amazing text. Before we jump into it, let's pray and ask God to do what only he can do tonight. Because I guarantee you, a lot of you have done all that you know to do. So let's ask him to do what only he can do. Yeah. Father, we thank you that you're here tonight. You are here in our presence. You are here in this room. God, you came in with us. You prepared the way for us. You're gonna leave with us. You are with us. You'll never leave us. you never forsake us. And God, remind us tonight that your love is for us. 
Your acceptance embraces us. Your forgiveness overwhelms us. Your grace, Father, it's incomparable. We thank you, God, that you have a plan for our lives. And God, we thank you that when we leave tonight, we are stepping toward it like we never have before. Father, we thank you tonight that you are forgiving everybody who's at the Jags game and not here at Sub 30. In Jesus' name, amen. They are forgiven. We forgive them, right? You guys aren't very forgiving. All right, now here, listen, I've heard Pastor Keith say it. I've heard Pastor Clay. I've heard, I've heard Kelly say it. Now listen, you guys, you guys preach with the preacher, right? You can engage, right? I just need you to act like you're listening. Act like you hear what I'm saying, okay? That's all I need. Any waiters or servers in the house? You've waited, served tables ever before. Let me see your hands. All right, yeah, so about 90% of the room, as I expected. No, a lot of you in here, and a lot of you in here, you're gonna know maybe a couple of the stories I'm about to share tonight. I used to, I used to serve tables when I was in college. In fact, that is how I paid for the rock on my wife's finger, was by waiting tables in Oak Charlie's restaurant in Tennessee. Now, if you don't know Oak Charlie's, Oak Charlie's is basically like the TGI Fridays or Chili's of, of Tennessee where we were, and it was pretty popular. It was, the, it was the restaurant in a small college town, and I had a job there, and it was my first job serving tables, and so I quickly caught on that this was gonna be quite a ride. Waiting tables was not gonna be easy. If you've ever waited tables before, you know that it can be somewhat stressful, it can be overwhelming at times, and especially when you have your, your future fiance working with you who doesn't like the job very much. So therefore, you have to do your job and her job too. You're walking out behind the kitchen with your tray in your hand and her tray in the other hand. And she's just walking behind you looking all pretty. Jason, if you just take it over there to that table, I would appreciate it. And so I, I really, I really kind of dislocated my shoulder waiting tables, carrying so much of her food and my food out at the same time. And then we had this floor manager. He's this kind of guy who, ah, really annoying. Let me put it that way. And so he had all these sayings and phrases, like he was always throwing out these numbers. You, you've heard some of them, 86 this, and, and you know 86 means we don't have that food anymore. 86, the potato, the loaded potato soup. And you know, if you've ever served or waited tables, you know that if, it's, if something's just been 86, the next table you go to to take their order, they're ordering the very thing that just got, you got told we don't have it anymore. You know how it works, but he was 86 this, 217 that, 48 this, throwing out these numbers. I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But he had these other phrases, and the one that drove me the maddest was he said this thing over and over. He said, constantly, in the weeds. Hey, it's six o'clock. Hey guys, this is the pre-shift pep talk. You know what I'm talking about? The lunch, dinner, it doesn't matter. So we'd, we'd get ready for the pre-shift pep talk and he would come out and he's like, all right guys, when six o'clock rolls around and the crowds start coming in and you're in the weeds, you know what to do. You gotta lean on teamwork. And then when it keeps on going and you're in the weeds again, you gotta, you gotta focus. And then when you get in the weeds even further, don't forget about the smile on your face. And I was just like, listen, if the hostess you hired would quit double seating me, then I won't be in the weeds anymore. So if you know what double seating it means, it means that when the, the host or the hostess, what you just call it, the host, the, the guy or the girl that's at the front door, they receive you when you walk into the restaurant and they seat you. Well, 
if they, what happens is if you're a server, when you are double seated, that means that the host will seat two parties at two separate tables at the same time. Now it's hard enough to be getting the greeting time right and the drink order right and the entrees and do you want your salad with before the meal? Do you want your salad with the meal? And what, how many lemons of slices would you like with that free water, ma'am? And how many of this and what can I have? And you're just trying to figure it out and times two on that. But there was this one special night one special night where one of my, one of my restaurant friends, he, it was one of those busy nights. We all had a good feeling that we were going to make pretty good money. It was one of those slam nights. But he came, he, he came in and we, were, we had our pre-shift pep talk and, and pretty much it goes like this. There was a time where he's running back to the kitchen. He already has a table and he looks out and the host had come and sat down table number one in his section. Then she sat down table number two in his section. Then she sat down table number three in his section. She triple seated the man right there on a Friday night, triple seated him. Let me tell you what he did. He came out, I had never heard some of those four letter words he was dropping. He untied his apron, put it up in the air, dropped it and walked out of the restaurant leaving the floor manager and all of the rest of us to pick up the pieces of that awful, dreaded triple seating. But you may tell you something, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do to you. Is he wants to overwhelm you with a triple, triple seated storm coming into your life. And he wants you to be tempted to, to untie the apron of your life, to walk away from the paycheck that you earned and all of the training and development that you've acquired and to leave it all behind and, and walk out and quit and give up. That's exactly what the enemy, why he brings storms into your life. I want to encourage you. Let me tell you, the Bible says that in this life, there will be trouble. You're going to face it. It's going to happen. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen to you. And what the enemy wants is for you to look and see and say, you know what? It's just always going to be this way. Well, my parents went through this marital situation, so I guess I'm, just, I'm destined to do the same thing. All of my relationships are just on the same track. Some of you, you're like, you know what? My parents had financial struggles, and I can't even get through college right now. I guess I'm just going to have financial trouble my whole life. For some of you, you're like, you know what, my, my dad, my mom had, had these nagging diseases or sicknesses, and you know what, I'm, I'm feeling some stuff in my body already at this age. I guess I'm just going to be dealing with it with the rest of my life as well. What he wants to do is overwhelm you and think that this storm that's coming at you or this storm that you're in the middle of right now is just the way that it's always going to be. But I want to encourage you, that's not the truth. That's not the case. That's not the case. I want us to look at the text here. Let's look at the text, and it's, it's so simple. We're going to go through this, and it says quickly, it, real quick occurrences that happen. It says, so they, Jesus said, all right, guys, let's go across to the other side. He was exhausted. He'd been, he'd been teaching to these multitudes of people. They'd been just overwhelming him. He was tired and exhausted, and he said, hey, guys, we're over here right now. We're, we're on this side of the, of the Sea of Galilee. Let's travel the miles and miles journey across the sea, here in the late part of the day, and I, I want you guys to get us over there, okay? I'm gonna get, go get in the boat. He hops in the boat, he falls asleep, and then a massive storm comes. And see, it came quickly, and Matthew, in the book of Matthew, it says that it was a very quick 
a rising storm. But see, well, here's the deal. Faith is completely unnecessary in the absence of risk. Where there is no risk, there's no need to have faith. See, everything was fine when the boat was tied up against the shore and the anchor was dropped. But when you start pulling up the anchor and untying the, sh the ship or the boat that you're on and trying to go out across the sea to what God's called you to, let me guarantee you, the waves are gonna step up, the winds are gonna start blowing, and you're gonna face something. You're gonna face some difficulties because the enemy's gonna bring them your way. See, where there is, where there is no risk, there is no need for faith. But I love what the Bible says, Jesus says in John 16, he says, in me you have peace. In me you have peace. In the world you will have trouble. In me you have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. See, the thing is this, the enemy wants to bring, he wants to bring some triple seating situations and storms into our lives. He wants to overwhelm us with fear and anxiety, just like Pastor Clay was talking about tonight. He wants us to think that what we're going through or what we've been through is what we're always gonna go through. But see, what Jesus says that I did not come and die on a cross so that you could be barely saved, limp through life. He said, I died on the cross so that you could overcome. I died on the cross so that you could be victorious. I died on the cross so that you could be more than a conqueror. He overcame the world so we can overcome the world. He overcame the storms so we can overcome the storms. He passed through the flood on, on dry ground so we can do the very same thing. But see, here's the deal. It's like, like, like Pastor Clay was talking about dreams and, and, and nightmares trying to interrupt them. That's exactly what was going on for these disciples. Jesus said, let's get to the other side of this sea, this, this massive body of water. Let's get to the other side and, and a nightmare arose. There was a storm that came out of nowhere when Jesus was sleeping through it. And see, here's the deal. The deal is this, that some of us, we're so focused on, on tomorrow and where we're trying to go. Jesus said, we gotta get to the other side. Jesus said, all right guys, pull out the oars. Let's get this thing to the other side. It takes teamwork to make the dream work, so let's get rowing while I got my head on a pillow over there. And so they start rowing, and they're, but they're focused on the future and this storm comes. See, some people can't enjoy where they are because they are so worried about where they're going. See, they can't enjoy the day. Let me, let me tell you what one of my mentors who's 83 years old, he told me a couple years ago. Here's what he told me. I came to him and I said, you know what? I've got these plans for, for two years from now. And I, I've got these plans for, for, for a year from now. And, 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 and and he's a, he has his PhD, I call him, I call him doc, doctor. Doctor, we, 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 five years, I got it all planned and all mapped out. And so he just grinned at me. How many of you know when an 83-year-old man who is one of the most successful people you've, people you've ever met in your life, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal person. How many of you know when that you're talking and telling him about all your plans and then you, you see him grin, you know you're about to get told. And so he just kind of chuckled and said, Jason, that's, that's great. It, it sounds like you have some really big plans. And then he said this, but just rest assured, 
just rest assured, everything's going to change before this period of time that you have set. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to be different. See, don't put all your hope in tomorrow's plans that are based on today's circumstances. You have these ideal dreams and plans and visions for what's going to happen in one, two, five, ten years, but you're basing all of them on today's circumstances. And in two, five, ten years, everything's going to be different. I'm, I'm encouraging you, have dreams, look to the future, plan, make plans. For, for God's sake, make plans. Don't just wander through life with no plan, but realize that when you make those plans for one, five, ten years from now, everything's going to be different. The circumstances are going to be different. Hopefully, you're going to be different. Life is going to be different. So it may look different when we get there. When we arrive, it may not look like we had planned in our mind. I just want to set some of you at ease, like, like my mentor did for me. He said, you know what? You've got some good plans, and I believe you're going to see them happen. You know what? It's just, just let me remind you of this. You, some of you worry about that. You're like, you know what? I'm, I'm worried about the future and whether I'm going to reach those, those dreams and reach those visions and walk in those plans that God has for me. I'm worried about it. Let me tell you something. If God told you to get in the boat and let's go to the other side, I promise you, you will get to the other side. If he told you, I want you to go and get that degree, let me tell you something, you will get that degree. If he says, I want you to go and I'm ordaining you, marry this person, I'm speaking to you, I'm making it plain, I want you to marry them, you may go through a storm, but if you stick in, you will be able to stay married to that person. Let me tell you, whatever you're going through right now, whatever challenges and storms that you're facing, I just want to remind you that if God told you to do it, you will see it come to pass. It may look very different, very, very different than what you had in your mind when you started, but you will get to the other side, and Jesus will be there with you when you get there. Put your hands together for Jesus tonight. Put your hands together for the fact that he has a plan. He has a fulfillment of the plan. And man, it's better than anything we could ever, ever, ever imagine. See, plans change, circumstances change, relationships change, expectations change, but Jesus never changes. He's been the hope of the world, he is the hope of the world, and he will always be the hope of the world. And in this story right here, he gives us an incredible picture of what it is to have hope, an incredible picture and model for us to see. So there's this massive storm that approaches these disciples. Jesus is in the stern, head on a pillow sleeping. So here's the deal. Jesus gives us a picture of how we should be in a storm. We should be able to sleep. See, you have authority over any storm you can sleep through. If you can sleep through the storm, you've got authority over it. If you can rest during the problems coming your way, then you have the power deep down inside to speak to them and say, Jesus, you might calm those waves, but if you don't, I'm going to be standing in the boat when they calm down and I reach to the other side. See, any storm that you can sleep through, you have authority over. 
What I'm saying is, is where you have peace, where you allow the overwhelming peace of God to reign in your life, you have authority in that area. You have the ability to speak to it and to see those things fall away. You have the ability to see the storms in your life calm down. You have the ability to speak to sicknesses and either see them dried up, healed in your body, or God will give you the strength to walk through them with grace. No matter what you're called to, God's giving you the grace to do it, but it only comes through peace. But see, they ask this question. Jesus asks or he's asked this question. The disciples, they're freaking out. They're absolutely freaking out to him. See, because what happens is, is he's sleeping, they're freaking out, so they come over to him and ask him a question. Jesus, Jesus, do you see what's going on? We're about to go down. Are you going to do anything about it? See, the circumstance was like this. The disciples were freaking out, Jesus was sleeping. See, you cannot speak against what you are actively participating in. You cannot speak against fear if you are participating in fear. You cannot speak against sickness if you are participating in sickness and allowing it to get the best of you. You cannot speak to the winds and the waves if you are participating in fearing those and believing they have power and authority over your own life. You cannot actively participate in a storm, in a problem, in a disease, in a situation in your life. You cannot actively participate it and speak against it and have authority over it. The disciples were participating in the storm. Does that make sense? See, they were participating in the storm. Jesus was not. Now, Jesus, if he would have, if he would have awakened, he would have said, you know what? Hey, guys. The wind is blowing. The waves are rocking. Let me, let me draw a little line of delineation here. If you go out in the parking lot to your car and a, uh, you know, a, 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 a 1,000, I don't know, I don't know how big they are, but let's say a 1,000 pound bear comes running at you, okay? <laughs> Just, I'm not, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. It probably won't, but if it does, the thing, I don't want you to say, well, listen, Jason was up on stage and saying, anything that I fear, I, I don't have. No, 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 let me tell you something. You, you better hope your heart starts pounding and you better hope your adrenaline spikes because bears are pretty fast and you better hope that it spikes enough for you to outrun it. There are natural things that we deal with that come at us there are things when we, that cause us to have great fear and God made us that way so that we can react and navigate a new, a new path accordingly. But then what we can't do is when we escape that bear, we can't every time we go out to the car say, a bear's gonna get me, a bear's gonna get me. No, we have to say, you know what? My heart was beating, my adrenaline spiked and it prepared me to get away from that one bear. But every time I go out there, there's not gonna be a bear. See, I can't participate in the fear if I'm gonna have the authority over it. So the body is made to be able to compensate for, for, for storms. Jesus had an uncanny ability to look at something and have peace. The natural thing for us is to say the wind is blowing, the waves are beating against this boat. If water keeps coming in, we are going to sink. So we better start getting the buckets out 
and wake that guy up over there who is the only chance we have of getting free and safe from this storm. But see, what we have to do is we have to go even a little deeper. The way we go a little deeper is this. Jesus wasn't saying, guys, I'm so upset at you. I'm so frustrated. You're a bunch of moron cowards. But what he was saying was, is listen guys, I see there's a storm. But say, did, did you hear the tone that you asked that question in? The question was, do you even care? They didn't say, Jesus, do you see how big these waves are? Do you see that the wind is blowing? Do you see that this storm? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. And I'm sure you're nervous. I made you that way. That's okay. He said, but where we run into the, where you run into the problems in these storms is when you look at a storm and then you question whether I can love you through it. See, more important than what you are speaking to is where you are speaking from. You can speak to the storm all day long, but if you aren't speaking from a position of authority, like Jesus did who said, you know what, I see a storm out there, but I know that my heavenly Father loves me. I know that my heavenly Father accepts me. I know my heavenly Father is pleased with me. I know my heavenly Father has a plan for my life, and this storm might be part of it, but I know that what's also part of it is to speak to it, calm it down, and get to the destination. That's what God's plan is for my life. See, the disciples, they didn't just say the storm's freaking us out. They say, Jesus, there's this bad thing happening now. Do you even love us anymore? And some of you have that question. There's some things that have happened to you. And they've happened to you. They've happened to you. They've happened to your family. They've happened generationally in your life. And because they happen, you know what? You can believe the fact that Jesus loves you through 99% of your life, but there's this one storm that you face. There's this one thing in your life that when it happens to you, it makes you question, Jesus, do you love me? Do you accept me? I know I've messed up in that area way too many times. I don't believe you can love me in all of it, but can you love me in that area anymore? Are you disappointed? I know you're happy with me with all the good stuff I do, but there's this one area I, I know you gotta be disappointed in. Now the waves and the, the sea's rocking my boat and there's a storm and I'm not gonna make it through it because gut level, deep down inside, the real reason we don't think we're gonna make it through it is because we don't believe Jesus loves us enough in that one area. One area. One area. Fear overwhelms us, cripples us, takes our breath away. And it's okay when those moments, I've gotten calls before, Jason, you need to drive home from school. This person's passed away. Jason, your grandfather passed away. Jason, your, your best friend's fiance was killed in an accident. You're just, you know what? Panic takes over, crazy feelings. When you walk in the room, you're a junior in high school. Your mom tells you she's got a brain tumor and she's got to have her skull cut open. That causes the adrenaline to spike and the heart to beat. But it was in that moment 
When my mom's told me that she had a tumor the size of an apple in her, inside of her skull, it was in that moment that God spoke to me and said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. This is a high school kid, okay? I mean, God can speak to all of us. I, 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 I didn't know my way out of the rain when I was in high school, okay? And God, God was speaking, he speaks to us then. He said, you know what, Jason? I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do in this situation. You get determined, you get to determine how you're gonna act through it. How I act is not gonna change what he does. So I can be an example, I can be strong, I can have faith in him, and I can speak to those things, because sometimes, actually, I said it a little wrong, actually, the way I do sometimes does affect the way it is, because if I'm the one that God's wanting to use to speak to that thing, then I, I better have my right spiritual mind about me. Acknowledge the storm. Acknowledge, I acknowledge the, the tumor, but also acknowledge that Jesus is a healer. So she had her head cut open. She recovered decent from it. She went back because she was having some trouble in MRI scans. Hey guys, you can come on out too for the, on, the, on the instruments. She had an MRI scan and the person came out, you know what MRI, magnetic resonance, meaning you don't need to have any metal in your body if you're gonna have an MRI. They came running out. Ma'am, ma'am, you didn't tell us you have you ever seen like a clamp that clamps blood vessels? It's got teeth on it, you know? It's got teeth up here and teeth down here and it, it pinches off vessels and, and things and, and tissues and stuff. They came running out of the MRI stand, wherever that room was, and said, you didn't tell us you have metal in your brain. They removed the tumor from my mom's, from my mom's brain and they left a metal clamp inside her head. She just was devastated. She just recovered. Her hair grew back out. She was still having some residual problems, but problem, the problem was is that this was nothing to do with her fault. This wasn't even the enemy. This was a doctor who left a clamp inside her head. So let me tell you something. Once again, here's what we said. God, you did not bring her through this to have to go through it twice. God, she... She walked through that first one with success. She had faith. She stood. You brought our family together. We are not going through this twice. So they went back in, took another x-ray. Same, this clamp. They're like, we're going to have to go in and get. She said, take one more x-ray. They took one more x-ray. And God pulled out a metal clamp out of her head through her skull. With the x-rays to prove it. X-rays to prove it. There was a clamp, now they're written a clamp. And I just want to encourage you. If you get through a storm, God's not this sadistic person who says, you know what, I'm just going to keep pelting you. She made it through. She stood her ground. She was a champ through it. And in the end, God said, you're right. You learned something, and I got this for you. And he healed her. One quick thing here. 
before I end. So, when I was 29, I was an executive pastor in, in Atlanta, and I was preparing to be a senior pastor of a church of a few thousand. I was, I was pretty young, I was excited about the opportunity, and I, was, I, got, I, I got kind of, I started to get a little overwhelmed and started to, my, my walk with God was like, like Pastor Clay's. Uh, it, was, it, it was stretched like his previous year. The enemy came at me and said, you're not able to do this, you can't do this. And there was this kind of a long-term plan where I was gonna be the senior pastor in, in quite a few years later, but right after that, right after I became the executive pastor, there was this abrupt transition where the senior pastor steps out. He has to step out through an abrupt change. And I step into this situation as a 32-year-old person pastoring a 25-year-old church of several thousand people. And see, here's the deal, here's what happened is when I, when I was up, when I got up on the stage and I, I began to preach, the enemy would just bombard my thoughts with fear. He would bombard my, my mind with, with fear. I would go home and I would, I, would, I would think that, you know what, you're not good enough, Jason. You aren't prepared for this, Jason. You're not able to, to do this and, and see through this, Jason. You're not able. You see, if this person, this person that you looked to in your past that was kind of a, someone you looked to, if, if, they, if, they, if they had trouble doing it, you're not gonna be able to do it. So the enemy started, he started bombarding me with all those thoughts and trying to overwhelm me with all those thoughts. And here's what happened. Because it was an abrupt change, I was such a young pastor and he was an older, revered guy, a lot of people left. I had to fire a lot of, had to fire about 70% of the staff, 35 of the 50 staff that were my friends. Had to cut 60% of the church's operating budget. I had to walk through things. I lost seemingly every, I lost 90 something percent of the relationships. People that were in my best, best, best men in my wedding, people that I'd been friends with since elementary and middle school. It was like a season of loss in my life. Half of it, I felt like I was doing it because I had to make all these tough changes and because of these tough things that happened at our church and some of it was because of all these things that I was just, that were just happening. Let me tell you something. When I was 29 years old, I had a dream. When I was 34, 35, I felt like I was going the exact opposite direction, okay? I know some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You feel like what you're going through is going the other way. Life's passing you by. Every step you're taking toward it, it seems to be getting further from you. So we rebuilt and God did some incredible things and you know what? That church was restored. That pastor was able to be brought back in. But here's what God asked me to do. I was pastoring a church of several thousand. And I'd built it back, got money back strong, healthy groups and teams and staff. Life was, was, was getting to be good again. 
And he said, I want you to step away after pastoring for five years and I want you to restore the pastor that had been removed before you. So my wife and I, with our two kids, we packed up our bags and we moved to an apartment here in Jacksonville. We left the church at 3,000 after pastoring there for five years and building it back to exactly the place that we wanted to take all the steps we wanted in the future. And we walked away from all of it because Jesus said, I want you to restore somebody else to their dreams. And I came down here after doing that job and I became, I was over the ushers and greeters at, at Julington Creek campus. We moved into an apartment that has as many rooms as we had floors in Atlanta. God said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And all hell broke loose. It had been hard to peel me out of the floor of my closet sometimes because of the state of the depression I was in. Because where I could hear God and do what he said to do, on the other, on the other side, I couldn't stand to make it through not knowing what the future was gonna be. And now I get to be in the position where I am today and it's an awesome honor to serve with, with all these incredible staff people. But let me tell you something, wait a second. The fact is, some of you, you're gonna go through some things in your life and they're gonna challenge every ounce of faith that you have. It's gonna look as if every dream that you've ever had, God is ripping them off from you. He gave you this dream, and then he's ripping it out of your hand. Some of you have already experienced that. Some of you, you're going to experience that. That's called the journey of faith. A seed must fall to the ground and die before it can come and become a mighty oak tree. I want to encourage you this. Jesus said, Jesus said this. He said, I want you to have peace in me because there will be trouble in this world. But know this, take heart. I have overcome the world. He's gonna ask you to do some things. They don't make sense. He's gonna ask you to get out of a boat and walk on water. He's gonna ask you to walk the opposite direction of some of your dreams. He's gonna ask you to leave a relationship that you thought was gonna carry you into happiness. God's gonna ask you to do things that you're gonna question them to the very floor of your closet, tears pouring out, wondering why in the world God would do what he's doing. Let me tell you something. You say, why, well, why, why, why would, why would I sign up for that? Why, 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 would I, why would I say yes to that? Let me tell you why. Because now, when things happen to me, they used to put me on the floor of my closet. Now when they happen to me, I'm able to do what that 83-year-old mentor of mine did and just grin. Because you know what? Ain't nothing but a thing 
that God's going to straighten out and make right. So tonight, I want to be, let God's voice speak through me tonight and say, get in the boat. When you get out in the middle of it, I might get you to get out of the boat and walk on the water. I might, there might come a storm right after you get in the boat. But let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you this. If you want a day come where the storms that are happening to you right now that are causing you to cry, fear, stress, and worry, if you want to one day look at those storms and just smile, And say, enemy, you got to do better than that. Then you got to be willing to get in the boat and remember all the way across the sea, Jesus loves me. Jesus is for me. Jesus accepts me. Jesus has a plan for my life. Yes, I'm afraid of what it is but he's not. I don't know how it's going to work out, but he does. I don't know, I don't know how this is going to even lead to, but he does. See, Jesus wants us to be strong. He wants us to be able to stand in him and say, you know what, storm, it don't matter. It don't matter. So you can say no to all the storms and this journey God has for us and freak out every time they come. Or you can say yes to Jesus, walk through some storms, but when you get to the other side, you're going to look back and say, man, it better be a whole lot bigger storm next time if it's going to get me, because God's shown me he's bigger than the storm. Won't you go ahead and stand up? Won't you close your eyes? And I want to ask you a question. We're about to praise and worship right now for a moment. Some of you say, you know what, I'm going through a storm and I'm being challenged. I, don't, I, I haven't, it's question, it made me question whether I want to go after Jesus or not, whether I want to say yes or not, whether I want to get out of the boat or not, whether I want to follow him or not. It's made me question whether I want to go all in. There's a storm I'm going through. There's something I'm fearing and I don't know if I want to go all in. But tonight, I want to go for it. Come on, get out of your seat. Come on, if it's college, if it's a physical thing, if it's a relationship, if you're, going through a, if you're going through a storm in your life right now, come on, step out of your seat. Come down front. We're going to worship our way through this storm. We're going to look at the faith of Jesus during this storm. We're going to look to him during this storm. We're not going to turn our back on Jesus during the storm. We're going to look to him, and he's going to lead us through it. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to encourage us. He's going to love us. He's going to accept us. He's going to forgive us. He's going to show us there is a way when there doesn't look like there's a way. There is a plan, and you may not see it, but I got this. I got this. Come, come after me. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.